Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we continue. What are you doing to stand out? It's super important to have standout content on Instagram, but it's not the whole game. You've got to build your email list. You've got to send out killer emails. Likes and engagement are not the same as dollar signs. You want to get followers off your platform and onto your website so they can convert. Right now, it is so important to be driving traffic to your email list so you can convert followers into customers. If you don't have a newsletter, you have to start one right now. We actually switched to Flowdesk this year and we are obsessed with it because the templates are gorgeous, easy to use, plus it is so simple to make funnels, automations. We've got you with 50% off for life on Flowdesk at only $19 a month. So normally it's $39. $19 is so affordable and that number does not go up even if your list does. So head to bit.ly slash GGC Flowdesk. GGC is capitalized and so is the F of Flowdesk. And Flowdesk is SF based and female run. So let's make some sales this season, shall we? Make sure you've got the right tools to do so. Grab Flowdesk at 50% off for life, bit.ly slash GGC Flowdesk. Hello, creatives. Welcome to the podcast. We have an amazing guest today. We have Tiffany Lauren Jones. And so if you've been in the GGC community, you know that she was a speaker at the summit. And so I'm really excited to have her on today because the panel was just not enough time with her. So we get a little one-on-one, we get a little deep dive and really excited about it. So Tiffany Lauren Jones is a strategic planner and business coach, helping freelancers, coaches, and consultants organize and plan business goals. She believes in human connection over profit, self-care over hustle and collaboration over competition. In 2017, after working in apparel product development for eight years, she set out on her own journey to pursue entrepreneurship with the goal of building generational wealth opportunities for herself and her clients. She provides a one-on-one strategic partnerships, a group coaching program, and educational content for her digital community. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. (laughs) Yay. Thank you for joining us. So do people call you Tiffany Lauren or just Tiffany? That is a great question. So I find that people I meet online end up calling me Tiffany Lauren. I didn't realize that when I built, put my name there, but I usually go by Tiffany, but I'm okay with both. They're both part of my name. Yes. (laughs) Great. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do these days? Absolutely. So I primarily work with clients on a one-on-one capacity and also in my group coaching program. And really what we're working towards is building out holistic business strategies. We are unsubscribing to hustle culture and we are building businesses specifically online that are sustainable and that allow us to 
feel a little bit more happiness during the day, not dreading having to work and do the things that we need to do. And so a lot of what we're also developing are leadership skills and confidence in business as well and trying to eliminate some of that fear and resistance that we all encounter at some point and also plan out strategies for forward momentum and really great growth for your online business. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, even just in your little bio, all the stuff that you valued, right? You know, self-care over hustle. What else did you say? Collaboration. Profit. Yeah. Collaboration over competition and human connection over profit. Like, great. We love it. Um, (laughs) And so I remember like, cause we had connected because you were, you're also a spark ambassador, right? Yes. I I love that. So we can talk a little bit more about that later. Cause I'm curious about it too, but I remember you posting about like how you do your schedule. And I love it because it's also how I do my schedule and like sort of dropping the to-do list and sort of picking up scheduling. I mean, this was not planned to talk about that first, but like, do you want to talk about that first? (laughs) Absolutely. Let's talk about that first because I feel like so many people get stuck here. I was stuck here for so long and I always tell people, I'm like, any piece of advice that I'm giving out is because I spent so much time struggling with it. So (laughs) scheduling was a big thing and time management, especially changing my mindset from corporate to like a business owner, it is somewhat of a shift because you have so much freedom if you have made that leap completely. And it's like, okay, how do I plan out my day? But then also remembering that, okay, I don't have to follow all of the same rules anymore. I can really use my time in a way that feels good to me. And so then it's like, where do I start? Do I have to wake up at a certain time? And then I was finding myself, you know, come the end of the day, it's like, okay, I haven't done anything. And so I started implementing strategies like calendar blocking that was really, really powerful and helping me to stay focused, but also not be overwhelmed with everything that I knew I had to do because most of us are solopreneurs. We're running our business alone. A lot of us have multiple jobs and especially multiple clients, and it can become overwhelming to decide what do I need to do next? How do I plan out that time, but also have time to do other things that I really enjoy? So scheduling and only focusing on one to three tasks a day has been a game changer instead of thinking like, okay, I have 500 things to do. You don't have to do them all in one day. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Yes to all of it. Okay. So like, what does your day-to-day look like then? What are your typical, what's your typical three tasks in a day? What are you focused on these days? Great question. So I actually have dedicated days throughout the week for different tasks. I've found that to be a complete game changer for me. I realized the monotony of having to do the same thing was part of why I didn't love corporate as much. Although you get different projects, for the most part, you're working within the same time block. And my energy is not the same every day. I don't think anyone's is. And so I found that Mondays are the best for me to have a CEO day. Tuesdays and Thursdays are days where I interact with clients. I have my calls. I do things like record podcasts. Those are days that I know I need to reserve energy for so I can show up and be super present. Wednesdays are my creative day. That's a day where I have no call scheduled. My calendar's blocked off. If I want to paint that day or if I want to just brainstorm some social media strategies and use my creativity, That's what that day is for. And then Fridays are a catch-all day. What did I get done this week? 
what is left over that needs to be pushed to next week? And what do I need to do better? But also what did I do great? And so planning my days that way has allowed me to not only manage my energy better, but also not have that feeling of, oh my gosh, I just have so much to do every day. I have rest built in instead of feeling like I have to wait for the weekend, which goes by so fast, it's never enough time. And so I thought to myself, how can I plan my week out in a way where I can eliminate that feeling of, oh my gosh, is it Friday yet? Or also like, oh my gosh, this week is so long, which may still happen because we're humans, but I wanted to take more control over my schedule. So every day is a little bit different, but I have dedicated days specifically for my client work, specifically for brainstorming and strategy, and specifically for being creative. I love it. So what is a CEO day? A CEO day is a day where I'm checking my profit. I'm checking my profit, not only for the week, but also the month, the quarter and assessing where am I in terms of the goal that I set for myself at the beginning of the year. So I do yearly planning. I set my major goals. And then throughout the year, typically on a quarterly basis, I'll check in with them to see, okay, what's working? What's not working? Do I even want to do this goal anymore that I set for myself? And am I on track, especially for revenue? So I check in on things like that. A lot of admin tasks use a few different softwares. And so I check in with those, make sure like subscriptions are up to date, all of that stuff. It's really business health check day to see where everything is. And then also doing some additional planning for the week. So I used to plan on Sunday nights and I still do check in a bit, of course, to make sure that I know what I need to do on Monday, but I stopped putting pressure on myself to plan my week on the weekends. Like my weekends are my time where I need to put the laptop down. Okay. Step away from the laptop. I was 1000% working way too much. So that is what a CEO day is for. And it also just helps me to ease into the week. And I stopped dreading Mondays doing my schedule that way. I love this. And I've been sort of hearing this around from people about sort of like having these designated days. Right. And this is actually something I teach for content purposes, like having designated days for content, but I'm a little bit scattered. So I love this. Like maybe I can figure out how to implement it. And I think maybe it sort of reduces some of the urgency mindset that I know a lot of our community is in. And I am often in like, these are actually just the tasks that we have to do. And of course it's like, maybe things are a little bit different if you're in a launch, I'm sure like maybe that structure changes for you. Cause I know for me, like, you know, we have a craft at the time of this recording, we have our first craft fair back. And so like, everything is just like, like running around and making sure everything's okay. Like everything's okay. And then (laughs) like, things are going to fall apart. That's just how it is. And so I just have to like be there to catch things. (laughs) Absolutely. Events, live launches, anything like that, or heavy sales periods for your business. If you're selling a program or product service, whatever it is, definitely a different schedule. And what I've also found is having these dedicated days. I was really scattered too, because I was having anxiety from either my schedule or just certain things throughout my business, whether it was like, 
you know, checking my email too many times a day stresses me out (laughs) because client feedback is also a whole other thing. And it, it takes time to sit down, process it. That's just one example. But I also no longer check my email multiple times a day or try not to try to check it once in the morning, once in the afternoon, unless I'm working on something or I'm expecting emails that I know need a faster response. And it's just helped me to manage my stress so much more. And like you said, really toning down the sense of urgency. It's like, okay, what actually is urgent? What are the priorities here? And then that goes back to setting smaller goals, only setting one to three primary tasks. So the tasks that I do schedule for myself day to day, whether it's creative client work, or not, I always prioritize it based on deadlines and also based on my timelines that I create for my projects. So I always build out milestones because if I start on June 1st and I'm like, oh, it's not due until October 1st, guess when I'm going to probably start on it? Like the end of September, right? So I build in milestones and that helps me to manage my progress over time reduce that feeling of urgency, which I feel like we're all constantly in a state of like, this was due yesterday. I didn't want to run my business like that anymore because it was stressing me out. (laughs) I love that. What's your sign? Oh, I love this question. (laughs) So I'm a cancer sun, Aquarius rising and Sag moon. I included Uh all three because as I'm aging and also learning more about astrology, I'm realizing that each one really does affect my personality. And so I feel like my Aquarius rising is probably the strongest in terms of how I communicate with people or especially related to my business and my ideas. I love it. I'm also Aquarius rising. So (laughs) yeah, I love that. I like you. (laughs) Okay. Wait, so back to email though, because I think that's really interesting. And I sort of got in the habit of like checking my email all the time and then really realizing that like, actually I don't need to get back to people that day. I can wait like three or five days or even like six to seven, like depending who it is and like what it is. In this moment, I do have Gmail on my phone, but often it's not on my phone, (laughs) mostly. It's definitely on my phone. (laughs) It's on your phone. Yeah, yeah. And because I've been running around, I like had to have it, but like I'm ready to get rid of it again. It doesn't need to be on my phone. But so do you have a team? So I hired my first virtual assistant. It was either the end of 2019, but definitely majority of the pandemic. And I think with the stress of what was happening on not only, you know, a global scale, but in my immediate area, living in Washington, D.C., it was just a very high stress time. And I was struggling to do like basic stuff. It was like, I do not want to work right now. (laughs) And I think we all felt some version of that, especially being in quarantine for so long. So That was part of the decision that led me to working with the VA. I'm no longer working with the VA at the moment because I realized that there were some organizational and foundational things about my business that I needed to clarify before I could delegate to someone else properly. So although she was amazing and I loved working with her and it was so helpful, it got to a point where I was also restructuring my business. And this is a great tip for anyone who's thinking about outsourcing or bringing someone on. It really 
makes the most sense once you have the foundations of your business solidify. Like your business is always going to change and grow and evolve, but I really want to build partnerships and true relationships with people that I bring on my team and I want them to stay for a long time. So we're still in contact. She knows that once I basically get all of my ideas out and organize them, we'll be working together again. But I realized it wasn't really necessary. I just needed also to get off the burnout train, organize my time better and just do less. I just had way too much on my plate and needed to reevaluate my priorities and how I was working as well. So how did you get off the burnout train? I fired some clients, (laughs) which is always a very scary thing. And by fire, I don't mean that it was this big dramatic thing. It's just having a conversation of, okay, this is where we are. If someone requests to move forward, you have to decide if you have the capacity. And I had to get honest with myself and stop saying yes. I had to start saying no, because I was just saying yes to so many things. And when your business is your livelihood, you know, you have things to pay for. It's very difficult to turn down large amounts of money that you know would be really helpful for you. But it got to a point where I had to realize that I wasn't practicing what I preach, like what I tell my clients and what my entire business stands for. I was like, you're not doing that though. I had gotten so consumed with work. I think it was easier to do that being inside for so long, but that's not an excuse. And so I took some time to just take a break to clear my mind. Did January and February of this year, I did not work. I didn't start working until March. And so I had to reevaluate my priorities, but it really was simple and boiled down to what are you about? What do you say you stand for? What do you truly believe in? And are your actions in alignment with that? And anything that's not, it just has to go. So I also eliminated some services. I narrowed down my offerings. I also raised my rates. I like tripled my rates and I only offered two packages or two ways to work with me versus like the seven different ways I had to work with me previously. Okay. So who are your clients? My clients are primarily coaches and consultants, typically female entrepreneurs that are either starting businesses or have existing businesses online. Majority of them are service-based solopreneurs or other coaches, especially business coaches. And they are women who have families, are starting to build families, want a family in the future, but family in terms of their legacy, but also their parents, their grandparents, people that they really care about, that they are looking to build legacy for as well. So they are typically people who are very focused on being visionaries. They're very much interested in bringing some type of change into the world, thinking differently about ways to work or products. And so there's a lot of Aquarius, very Aquarius energy in there. (laughs) Yes, yes. Very Aquarius energy and very much sharing similar core values in the sense of they really value human connection. And so they want to make sure that they are not only running their business in a way that feels good for them and allows them to have time with their friends, their family, but also just themselves, but they also want to work with other people who share the same value. So it's really important to them to 
build out their strategies in a way that's a little bit different than I think majority of us are taught, especially in the online space. So what sort of programs do you offer right now? So people do one-on-one with you and then group programs or how does that work? Yeah. So I have one-on-one majority of my clients are one-on-one. My group coaching program is new or this version of it is new. I had a program in the past that was focused on building a business, but around your purpose. And so I've shifted a bit and it's more so around how can you simplify your business planning, your business strategy and make sure you're building a holistic plan. So my group coaching program, it's eight weeks, and it's really a matter of how you like to work. Of course, one-on-one is a lot more, there's a lot more attention to you specifically. You're getting a customized approach to your strategy, and some people are more comfortable with a more intimate experience. I only take on two one-on-one clients at a time because I also want to provide that intimate experience and be super focused on you as an individual. And my group coaching program is more so for people who have a sense of where they want to go, what they want to do, but they just need a little bit of support. They are very much fast action takers, very much independent. They don't need as much guidance. I find my one-on-one clients, they really need someone to talk to one-on-one, just like we're talking right now and brainstorm. And I have these fun mind maps that I make and we do like, I call them spiderweb idea. I know there's a more like a fancy technical term for that, but that's what I call them. And so that's really the biggest difference. It's the same information. It's just a different format based on your learning style and also the length of the partnership that you would like. Some of my clients decide they want to work for over 12 weeks instead of eight. And so it really just depends on the individual. And so is your group program open all the time or do you open it? Do you do like a cart open, cart close sort of situation a couple times a year? That is a great question. So that is something that I am evaluating in terms of the structure of my business and finding the right fit for me. There's, I think, always not a struggle, but a consideration that has to happen when you're looking at revenue potential, but also what is going to be best for me energetically. And so I'm looking to find that balance of, do I want to have open enrollment all the time or do I not? At the moment, I'm feeling that open enrollment is not the best fit for me because I think that that requires you to be on a lot more throughout the year. So what I'm planning on now is having my next cohort end of August, beginning of September and September and March right now would be my ideal times to open the doors to my program. And so I think all of us are challenged to find out what works for us in terms of what do I really want to maintain throughout the year? And I've been studying seasonal work schedules. And so this is the first year that I'm trying it out because every winter, I feel like everyone's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, including me, like November and December, we all know are always nuts. And it's always this mad dash to get so much work done at the end of the year. So this year I'm testing out not working in November and December. I will use that to rest and reset and prepare for the year ahead. And so that's another reason why I think open uh, like evergreen would not be the best fit for me or anyone listening that's trying to make the same decision for their program or their course as well. 
Okay, totally. So let's back up a little bit. So how did you get to this place where you are able to have high ticket coaching programs? You're able to say no to some people. What sort of became before this moment? Oh my gosh. Like personal development is an understatement. So (laughs) really working on a lot of mindset because I truly believe that's really all it is. I mean, there are people who are just extremely confident in what they want to do and they don't doubt that for a second. And so they go out there, they charge whatever they want to charge, not necessarily based on the experience that they have or the amount of followers, all of that. I set a lot of limitations on myself as a new entrepreneur in the space from the very beginning. And throughout my journey have realized a lot of beliefs that I needed to unlearn, not only about my income potential, but also my working style, the type of lifestyle that I want to have. I know that a lot of us, especially clients that I work with, we feel resistance when we start seeing the life that we want coming into our reality. And if you haven't worked through some of your beliefs that maybe aren't aligned with where you're trying to go, you can self-sabotage. And so that was a lot of the experience that I was having. But I think of self-sabotage as something that's tangible that you can see. Little like procrastination is a very obvious thing. You know, when you're procrastinating, you know, when you're not doing what you need to do. But also there are a lot of very subtle ways to sabotage your success by just staying small or not showing up and even telling people about your services as much as you know you should, right? Or in my case, simply not charging enough. It took my customers, multiple customers telling me, hey, you should be charging me more. Like I am uncomfortable with how much work you are providing and the amount that I paid you. (laughs) So it's always exciting to know that your clients are having an amazing experience and they want to offer you more but you have to look at those moments and say, yes, this is flattering, but also like, okay, I need to reassess what I'm doing, especially if it's affecting your finances. I was at a point where I was not meeting my revenue goals that I needed to build not only my business, but my life, but reinvest back into the business, right? You need to have money left over to be able to properly handle your business finances and pay yourself and if you need a contractor, right? And so for me, the what I focus on a lot is personal development and mindset is because I couldn't become this version of myself that we're talking about now where I am selling high ticket and I have my program before I worked through my confidence and how I valued what I'm teaching and what I have to say. And truly believing that that is valuable enough that someone would pay me the rate that I know I should be charging. And so there's a lot more to that, that I think we all experience in different facets. You know, we've talked about imposter syndrome, we've, you know, money mindset, there's so many things that go into really stepping into a leadership role. And I think that's essentially all running a business online is it's not all it is, but that's a huge part of it is are you going to step into a leadership role and position yourself as the expert? And I saw a quote recently somewhere, or it was like a statement by somebody, but basically it was like, either you're a follower or you're a leader. There's nothing wrong with either, but if you're trying to be a leader, but you're behaving as a follower, 
those things are misaligned and the other way around. Right. And so you really have to self-evaluate and say the life that I'm trying to create for myself and the vision that I have for me, my business, my family, am I showing up as that person? And I wasn't in some ways, and it wasn't for any reason besides fear of doing something wrong or saying the wrong thing, or what if people think this is stupid, which it's like, it's not stupid. It's not stupid. You know, there's value in everything all of us have to say. It's just a matter of doing it consistently enough that you attract the right people who are going to resonate with what it is that you're trying to share. Okay. So you said, I mean, you said lots of the great things, but the two things that I'm pulling out of there right now too, is like, so what tips do you have for people who are a scared to show up and then be scared to raise their prices? What are, what are those? How did you overcome those things? I believe in a holistic approach to self-development. So I am a big believer in taking personality tests, 16 personalities, also Myers-Briggs and Colby A are all assessments that I did. They just helped me to understand my mindset better. They were all things. What was the other one you said? You said Colby Colby A. A. I've never heard of that before. Yes. Colby A is my favorite one out of all of them. I believe it's $60. It's very worth it. It tells you what your strengths are in terms of how you process information. And so I don't remember all of the categories, but there's fact finder, for example, is my highest number. So it's a scale of one to 10, four categories. There's like fact finder, fast action starter, and two other categories, but it tells you how you approach work. And these are things that I knew, but I was in environments that only focused on one learning style. And I think most of us do, you know? And so for me, if someone's like, Hey, I need this done in five minutes, unless it's my area of expertise, even if it is, that's going to make me uncomfortable. I'm very high on the fact finder scale. So I like to take time. Okay. What do you need? When's it do? I have questions. I want to research. I want to look it up. And then I want to prepare something to give it to you. Otherwise I have anxiety. Even if I know what I'm talking about and what I show you is right. I still feel better if I've had time to prepare. And so that is a really, really helpful. I highly recommend that's the cold VA. Everyone take that. But through that, I was able to discover a little bit more about how my specific mindset worked. And that was really, really helpful for me. Was there a second part to that question? Yeah. Raising prices. Yes. Raising prices. So they went hand in hand. I know it sounds way too easy to say, just do it, but it's (laughs) just do it, just do it. But If you find that you're struggling, going back to what I was saying earlier, because it it really, it wasn't that simple for me in terms of just doing it, in terms of taking a holistic approach to resolving those issues for myself. I started with the personality test, but then I also did self-hypnotherapy. So I took programs for hypnotherapy to work through specific areas, the personality and strength finders and all of that those are just catalysts to understand yourself better and how you process. And then you can see, okay, where are my gaps and why do I have gaps there? Right. Sometimes it's just a matter of, I legitimately don't want to do this type of work. Okay. And I would much rather outsource that. Right. But sometimes it's coming from a deeper place. So you have to look at yourself and ask, 
why am I, you know, why is, am I getting this result or why am I feeling this resistance around increasing my rates? Right. I also went to therapy. I also invested in other programs around money mindset, but I also am a really big believer in meditation and just studying the basic principles of success, quote unquote. And the consistent theme that I see is that you have to work on your mindset. Everything is typically tied to mindset. If you think you can, or you can't, you're right. If you think that you can't charge more, you're right. If you think you can, you're right. And it's really a matter of managing your energy, realizing that money is energy. And it only makes sense that if you are pouring out energy into someone else or something else, that you get an equal return of energy back to you. And if you're not charging appropriately, your cup is going to be off balance. And that's how we get to resenting our clients. We get to not having our own needs met. We get to burnout. That's how we get down that road. And so really staying self-aware was a big, big, big key for me. And then once I learned why I was doing what I was doing, it was easy for me to make the change, which really boiled down to, is your priority what you need or is your priority what other people need? And I was always putting myself second or last or just not even on the list. (laughs) Thinking I had to do that. I hear that so hard. I mean, like even just thinking about my own pricing, you know, being, you know, transparent here, you know, we help beginning artists, beginning business owners. And so I always get worried about them being able to afford my programming. Right. And you want it to be accessible to a certain extent, you know, not to mention a lot of our community sort of circles in a space that's perhaps anti-capitalistic, social justice oriented. So it is sort of like this contentious space. Like how do we provide programming for people while also being supported? And so I'm always teetering on the edge and, you know, we do have these levels of access that are free, right? For low income folks but it's hard. It's always something that I'm very grappling with all the time. Yeah, I was too. And I still do to some extent because I do get objections from people that I really want to help and that I know really need my help. And they are like, I need your help so much. I really want to work with you, but I just cannot afford it. You know, I have kids or I have this going on and who I am at the core, I'm like, I just want to give everything away for free. (laughs) I can't do that. So what has really helped me is to find another way to be able to share and give value. And so providing as much free content as I can is something that really helps me to at least feel like, okay, I'm trying my best to balance the scales here. And the more revenue I can bring in, the more time that I have to be able to show up and provide information for free. And so my long-term goal is to be able to, yes, charge high ticket for the people that are ready and available to do that, but then take that money to be able to reinvest back into the business, free up my time, not have to take on clients all the time so that I can literally just sit down and record as much free information as possible. So that is something that I encourage everyone to be able to do, but you can't get to that point or it's difficult to get to that point. I found it difficult 
to try to provide all this stuff for free and take care of a million clients. It was just like, it was too much. Right. And so part of my reasoning for raising my rates is I need to be able to serve more people and I can't do that without capital. And so, although we live in this capitalistic society that, you know, I don't love money is not always bad and it really in the right hands is the tool to help support even more people and bring them along as well. Cause there's enough for all of us. I really truly believe that when people say money doesn't grow on trees, I'm like, but it does. <laughs> it's, it's literally paper. We don't access it that way, but I think it's really important to put wealth in the hands of people who are going to be redistributing it to people, if not through products and services, but through free information. Totally. And the tiers of access thing is a really beautiful contribution to society, if you will. But also that tiers of access attracts people to you in the first place on these platforms like Instagram, right? People are finding you for that free information and then potentially converting into a paying customer, right? Right. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like how your, how your funnel works and how you sort of attract new customers? Absolutely. So everything so far that I've done for funnel wise has been organic. So all of my traffic has either been referral based word of mouth or organic traffic through Instagram or my website. And so so you don't run any ads. I don't run any ads. So I tried to run ads in the past, but I always tell people do not spend money on ads until your business foundations are in place and you're very clear on who you want to serve, why, and what you're offering them. And so I think that that is something, depending on where you are in business, for me, it's something that's been changed and refined over the years as I step more into what I'm truly being called to do and removing those layers of, but I really just want to stay behind the scenes, knowing that's not what I'm feeling called to do. And so as I've worked through my own blocks and putting myself out there a little bit more, I've then had to shift my business. And through that advertising is not, it doesn't make sense. I think until you find a solid service and way to communicate that service consistently that gets you results. Right. And so where I am now is I would say 90% referral based and word of mouth. Most of my customers come from past clients, their friends or family that have been recommended to me. And then Instagram. So Instagram reels, you know, I was team TikTok, but I will say reels actually do really help to put you in front of new people and also achieve that objective of sharing free information, right? To people that need it. At least they can start somewhere. I relied so heavily on Google, YouTube. I say graduated from YouTube University in terms of business. It took courses too and programs, but it's really, really helpful. So remembering that what I needed and what I was searching for is the same thing I could provide to other people. I was like, what makes me any different? You know, it's the same thing. Like people need this information, but how the funnel really works is just, this is what I offer are you interested? I am very much team organic. I don't believe in pushy sales. I believe in permission-based selling, which is if you're interested, great. Let's have a conversation about it. There's no pressure. I'm not going to guilt you into 
you know, well, if you really want to succeed, you need to invest with me. You know, I don't think that's fair and it feels really disgusting and I don't like to be sold to that way. And I don't like to sell that way. And so that goes down to DMing people, right? I'm not going to do cold outreach on Instagram unless I'm looking to collaborate or partner with someone like I did with you, actually. It was just like, hey, (laughs) or I think, you know, we had some help there, but that is a little bit different than if I were to DM you and say, hey, Phoebe, I noticed that you're a business owner. Do you need some help with your strategic planning? Like, no, maybe, but now I don't want to because you're messaging me about it. (laughs) So (laughs) organic selling, I think, and organic funnels, I keep it very simple. I teach lean strategies and I participate in lean strategies. And really what I do is either conversations in the DM directly to a link to enroll in my program or to book a call with me for one-on-one. And then we would have a contract invoicing system that way. And then in terms of my Instagram post, there's just one link to an application for my group coaching program. So most of my call to actions are only to two places, either my website to book a one-on-one call or to my application. And so I have seen more complicated funnels. And like I said, I think that that is when you're ready to put your program on evergreen or you have your messaging like super tight, then you can start running ads and building more complex funnels. But I personally just hired my own coach. And so I'm still refining my messaging and making sure that I'm communicating properly. And so I imagine that funnel will be built out a little bit more, but you don't need anything complicated to start. And you just hired your own coach. How does it feel to be supported in that way? Oh my gosh. So it's double, double edged. I would say it was very scary investing at that level but I realized, oh, this is probably how my clients feel. (laughs) So being on the other end of that, it's really cool. It's amazing. There's only so much information you can consume before you're like, you know what? I just need help. And so that was a major milestone for me getting to that point of saying, you know what? I've gone as far as I can go on my own. I need to work with someone who is where I'm trying to go and is an expert and can really help me. And so we've had one call so far, but even during that call, I just felt so much relief because it's also a group setting. So I work with the coach one-on-one, but I also work in a group container. And so I'm able to just simply have conversations with other people who have the same questions as me. And that alone is so powerful just to have your ideas validated, to have people to bounce information off of, I think is something I highly recommend at whatever level you're at to get in some type of community because it really makes a difference. And I had deprived myself of that along my journey, thinking that if I want to be taken seriously, then I just need to know, or I should know, I should just figure it out, which is totally unfair, totally not accurate. (laughs) You go faster and much further with the help of other people. So it's a really cool experience. I'd done an online course before, but it was very generic. And so it's, that's another thing I would say is if you're going to invest in a program or in a coach, make sure that they are specialized in specifically what you want to do, because 
generic information can be helpful, but it's a lot more powerful when you have someone doing exactly what you want to do and can show you what worked for them. And then you can put your own spin on it as well. So it's really exciting. I feel like a true adult and business owner now after (laughs) investing that way for myself. And it also is requiring me to step up into this version of myself that I say I want to be. It's like, okay, well, put your money where your mouth is. Are you going to invest in yourself and truly believe in yourself? Then this is a form of doing that and telling your subconscious like, hey, I believe in you. You can invest this because you're going to get your, the return on your investment even more. Yes, 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 yes to all of that. So what tips do you have for entrepreneurs who, and like all things, who, <laughs> who are like sort of ready to step it up, maybe for all the things, maybe they want to sort of raise their prices. They want to really dial in their funnel, right? They're attracting new clients and converting and also want to make space for like time and play. What advice do you have in those realms? That's such a big topic, but I'm sure you have something to say. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And I do. And what I would say is don't be afraid to do less. Do not be afraid to just do less, like narrow down your services, narrow down your offerings. If that feels good for you. And that's aligned with your long-term vision. I always tell my audience and my clients start with your why. And I know, I think it's Simon Sinek or Sinek. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but his whole foundation of his business is start with your why. And I completely agree with that. And I teach similar principles of make sure that anything you're doing, if it's not aligned with all areas of how you want to live your life, where you're trying to go and who you want to be, then you've got to cut it out. Even if it's making you money, I believe that this is something that's a little bit more controversial because you can also use something that maybe you don't love as much as a stepping stone so that you can finance something you do love, but know your energetic limits. I did that way longer than I should have thinking, well, it's necessary and you know you don't want to feel greedy and all these other things come up. It's like, well, I'm just grateful to even have revenue, but if that's costing you your mental health, it's not worth it. And so take inventory of what you are loving in your life, what you're feeling resistance around and not loving so much, and then see, is this something that needs to stay or should it go? And that includes people, places, things, your business, everything. And I truly believe that you cannot bring into your world what it is you really want until you make space for it. So the first step is eliminating things. And then you can make room for what you really want to come in. I'm like calculating in my head. Yeah. I'm like, what, what do I want to get rid of? <laughs> Listen, I just purged my entire closet. I mean, I had a full closet and I had four hang- empty hangers. And now I have about like four items on hangers. And I cried when I did that. I didn't even realize they're not Only even four things. items on hangers. It's crazy. I mean, what? I have to replenish, but I also okay. am <laughs> very feeling guided towards having like a capsule wardrobe, you know, going to be on my Steve jobs with my black turtleneck. But I just thinking about mental health too. Like I make so many decisions during the day 
and I love dressing up and I love, you know, clothes and things like I studied fashion design. That's my background. I was in the fashion industry for my entire career, but I also want to make less decisions and the decisions that I do make, I want them to be impacting other people's lives or making my life better. And so I really, you know, that's just one example, but I apply that principle to every area of my life. And it really helps me to feel really great every day, which feels scary because it's like, no one tells you that it's possible (laughs) to actually enjoy every day and not feel that anxiety. A lot of times I'm like, am I forgetting to do something because I've created this schedule for myself that just feels so good that I'm like, am I forgetting something? But I'm not. It's just, we're not used to doing that for ourselves, which is crazy, but that could be a whole other hour conversation. (laughs) Okay. So what boundaries are you creating then like with your work besides these like labeled day containers, Mm -hmm. how are you creating space for rest and play like outside of that container? Yes. So another thing that I've done on top of the work schedule that I have, I also have time blocked off for morning routines and I really use rituals is what I have on my calendar. Cause it's not a routine. I don't do the same thing every day. I tried that and it's not for me. I'm like, I'm not the get up at 5am go running and do all this stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want to get up that early. <laughs> it's never going to happen unless I'm going on vacation. Then I will wake up. <laughs> but either way, what I do is I have time set aside. I don't check my phone before 11am. I don't get on social media before 11am and I don't check my email Even when I do sit down to work, that's not the first thing that I do. The first thing I do is look at my calendar again. I look at my to-do list. I revise that. I make sure I'm clear on what I need to do for the day. And then I give my attention to other people and other things. But I really set aside dedicated time to just take care of myself. Some mornings, most mornings that's going to the gym. I make my matcha. I meditate, I read and I journal, but some days that's just sleeping in or that is going on a walk or staring out of the window for 20 minutes. You know, it's whatever I feel I need to do because I know I have other dedicated time. And I do the same thing in the afternoon. I have a cutoff time now for work because I was very much team. I can stay up until 3 a.m. And we've talked about launch season and things like that. So There are times where I'm so excited about what I'm doing, or there's just legitimately things that I need to get done where I will be staying up late again. But every day, I no longer allow myself to work completely through the night. So I have cutoff times. I've also set boundaries with my clients. We communicate primarily via Slack. Once we're under contract, basically, I don't rely on email as much. And we don't do cell phone texting or anything like that. We only communicate on those dedicated systems. And I give time boundaries for that as well. And so I've also put more parameters for myself on the weekends because I would work on all set or Saturday mornings, but really missing lunch and things like that. And then Sunday. So it's like, you're really working seven days a week. So those are a few boundaries that I've put in place. They're really around time and making sure that I'm cutting myself off, closing the laptop. And I also use the Pomodoro technique when I am working. 
which this is the second time I've heard about this today. So please tell me. (laughs) Yes, it is amazing. So I have a basic timer. You can download a random timer, just use your cell phone, but I recommend installing a timer. That's going to do it for you because all you have to do is press start and it does everything. So the Pomodoro technique is essentially working in 25 minute increments with five minute breaks in between. So you sit down, you have 25 minutes of focus time, and then the timer goes off and you get a five minute break. And so I use that break to stretch, walk around. It's also my reminder to drink water. Honestly, sometimes I just literally want to scroll on Instagram for five minutes. And instead of feeling restricted, like I can't do those things, I'm only doing it for the five minutes. And then that timer goes off and I'm satisfying all my needs and whatever it's like dopamine, Sarah, to all that, that we get from these platforms. And then I'm done with it. And then I go back and I do another 25. So it does 25 minute increments. It's 10 a day where you can do as many as you want. But I believe after the first three or four sections, you then get a 15 minute break. And so it has just helped me to maximize my focus time because I sometimes if I just sit down, I'm like, okay, we're going to work from eight to three. I will probably legitimately work from maybe like 1130 to one out of that total time because I'm losing track of time. I'm task switching. My mind's all over the place. So I will dedicate one task for each like 25 minute block. And, or if a task needs to span an hour, I'll just know for the next four chunks of 25 minutes, I'm only working on Phoebe's project or something like that. And so highly, highly, highly recommend download some random timer onto your computer. They're all the same, but it really just helps you to track that. And it is a game changer. It sounds so simple, but it really does make a difference. I find myself with a lot more energy too during the day and I'm not crashing and getting tired as much because you're giving your brain a break. That's wild. I mean, I think the focus time thing is so important. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I'll just like pick up my phone as like a tick, you know, and then I'll feel guilty about being on it. And so I'm not actually enjoying my time on Instagram or whatever. So I love the like dedicated time for Instagram too. That's something that I was starting to implement too. It's, Mm -hmm. it it has disappeared again. It doesn't exist right now. I will literally pick up my phone and be like, how did I get on Instagram? Yeah. It's a tech. It's like our, you know, it, maybe it won't be for anyone else. It's like our, you know, generation and like, yeah. you know, maybe because TikTok, you have to like sit and consume a little bit longer. Anyways, the focused time I think is so important because the task switching thing too, like maybe you'll switch tasks like three times in that 20 minutes typically. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's too much. That makes yeah. us crazy. So yep. I like the idea of focus time for 25 minutes. So maybe, maybe I'll implement that. Try it Maybe. out. I did not think it was going to make a difference. I was like, this is BS. It's just a timer. But having that little refresher, it really does work. And I find myself excited. Like if you have any type of competitiveness in you, I think we all do some level. I'm like, ooh, how much can I get done in the next 25 minutes? <laughs> or yeah. I only have three minutes left and I really want to like look at some pop culture Instagram stuff or something like that, you know, and it's like, okay, this goes to, if you've read Atomic Habits, it goes, that's a great reference for building out structure throughout your day. I'll have to look up the author. It's escaping me at the moment. I want to say James Allen, but I'm not sure. That, but it sounds familiar Atomic though. Habits, yeah, it is really great. And it basically talks about 
the natural chemical, James Clear, not James Allen. It talks about the natural chemical process that happens in your brain when you have to sit down and do something and what the reward is for that. So he goes through what the four elements that your brain literally needs chemically, which is usually setting a goal. Is this goal actually aligned with what I truly want? If you have a reward, say, you know, it's all about motivation. If you have, if somebody tells you like, Hey, if you finish this thing, everybody gets donuts, but you hate donuts, you're not going to be motivated. And so it talks about all of the elements that are necessary and making sure that they're all on track, that the reward is something that you're actually excited about, that the process you're taking is feels good to you and that you're clear on what you need to do. Right. And so having all elements and if anything's missing, it's going to throw that system off. And that's where we find ourselves getting scattered and not really making as much progress as we thought. Cause let me tell you, I thought I was like, I feel like I'm working all the time, but I was not really doing anything. <laughs> I was like I was doing very small things, but I was doing things that were taking me days that really could have taken like two hours. But yeah, so check that out. That's a great reference as well. It really helped me to get my habits in order. I hear that. And then if you're actually like doing your things for the allotted time that you have, like, then maybe that space can be used for something that brings you joy, like outside the business. Like sometimes I'm so stuck at like being on my computer from like, you know, nine to five or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, am I working that whole time? Exactly. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, I'm not. (laughs) So like, how do we like, actually, maybe if we're focusing from nine to two and you're done. Exactly. But it is hard to keep that focus. I mean, especially with pandemic fatigue too, you know, like we're not robots, but like having the structure that could be sort of like a fun game. It (laughs) is. It could be good. Yes. I have tried to gamify everything in my business. I heard another entrepreneur a while ago speak about her business that way. She was like, I'm just going to gamify everything. My revenue what I have to do for the day. It's like, I just treat everything like a video game. And I started doing that. And I was like, okay, this is actually fun. It's fun when you're doing things you enjoy, but that it didn't feel fun until I eliminated all the things that I wasn't excited about, you know, and I got through that burnout phase. But once I refreshed myself and I came back, I was like, okay, how can I make this fun? And how can I look forward to this? And that's another reason why I love having theme days because one, I can change the themes anytime I want. And two, it just makes it more fun because I'm like, ooh, tomorrow is my creative day. I don't have to get on any calls. I can just create all day. Or, ooh, I get to talk to all my clients tomorrow and I can just talk all day, you know? And I know what energy I need for that and I can show up and be excited about it. And then I have something else to look forward to. So I find that a lot of creatives, if y'all are anything like me, I cannot do the same thing every day. I cannot work within the same time. And when I say I cannot, of course, we can do anything we want, but I do not enjoy feeling like I'm in a box and feeling like my creativity stifled or feeling like very monotonous in my life. I think there's so much beauty and experiences that we can have. It's like, why would I spend my entire week doing the exact same thing all day long, every day? Yes. If to I all of that. To. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been so amazing, Tiffany. You've been such a wealth of information and inspiration. 
So can you tell our community where they can find you and where they can work with you if they want to? Thank you so much. I've loved having this combo and thank you for having me. If you would love to work with me or inquire about my services or my program, you can head to my website, which is www.tiffanylaurenjones.com. Tiffany is T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. And my Instagram is at Tiffany Lauren Jones. And my email is Tiffany at TiffanyLaurenJones.com. So just lots of Tiffany's at Tiffany Lauren Jones. <laughs> and I'll put all that information in our show notes. And thank you so much, Tiffany. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thanks so much for having me. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.